Yes, yes, yes. Welcome. Is that going? Welcome to the Lord Petty Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in, as always. Uh, shout out to the Petty Peeps. Appreciate anybody, anybody taking the time to peep, check in with your boy. Um, I don't know why I'm starting this so awkward. I think it's because I can like, I still haven't gotten used to this space, dude. I don't feel comfortable in it. I'm not home enough to feel comfortable in it. I'm kind of like, I went and adopted a cat, right? I went to the animal shelter and I wanted to just get the most undesirable cat, the one that, because I was so arrogant, I figured, okay, I'm the fucking animal whisperer. So I'm going to go adopt the most undesirable pet and I'm going to take them home and they're going to have the best life possible. And so I go and get this cat. Her name's Sasha, right? So I go and get her and she's 14 years old and somebody gave her up after 12 years. And I sound like a virtuous cunt telling this story and that's not, I'm only trying to use it as an example and that I feel the same way because she's been at my apartment and she's just been like, she's hiding behind this couch behind me right now because usually she'll be hiding in my laundry room behind the dryer until I fire that bitch up and wash all my cum towels that I use after fucking your mother. But, um... Now she got scared and she's been hanging out behind the couch. And anytime when I tried to, when I pet her in her little kennel at the pound, she was receptive towards it. And I was like, you know what? This bitch is not going to die in a fucking shelter after 14 years, after being abandoned after 12. Like, so her previous humans, um, they moved and their new place couldn't have a cat. And I wouldn't have moved there. Like if I think back, like Toulouse, I I I, I would have never, I would have never, if, if my new landlord was said, oh, you can't take this cat that I'd only been with for like three years, um, I would have never done it, dude. But uh, so I felt bad for her, you know. Maybe that's why, and I don't know if her previous owners, you know, tried to put firecrackers under her tail or some weird shit, you know. But uh, you're like, why would you say that? Because I've seen, I used to get in fights when I was a kid because I've always really loved animals. Um, like if I'd see somebody torturing animals, I used to get in like physical altercations with kids. Um, I'm just a big old softy, just a big old softy for the animals. Um, we're like a human. I don't care. Like when I see children suff suffering on TV, I actually kind of enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, but I had, uh, I had a really weird two weeks, dude. It's been, uh, it's been very strange. Um, I was getting bullied online by <laughs> getting bullied online is such a funny concept because it's like, just turn off your phone, dude. Like step away from your fucking phone. These kids are so, I don't know. I guess it's different when you're like a sixth grader, but I'm a grown ass man. So when people are saying mean shit to me, I really don't care. It really does not like the internet isn't real. You know what I mean? Like even the people that are nice to me, like, I don't have time to go and look at all these messages and shit like that because I have a fucking job. I have fucking family. I have things I got to do. I got this cat that hates me that hides behind the couch and hisses whenever I look at her, even though I saved her from her impending depressing death. And she's lives in a luxurious apartment with anything she could ever need. And, uh, she absolutely hates me. And every time I try to touch her, she goes, <laughs> but, um, fuck was I talking about? Oh yeah. So the guy that, books Lollapalooza for some reason just has it out for me. I don't know why. I don't know what I did. I don't know what I said. But this guy, he just keeps coming back to my page and calling me a beta male. <laughs> there was like 
four days straight where he'd just go and, uh, and usually I don't pay attention to that shit, you know? Like I made a little collage thing of like all the, all the hate comments. I made this little collage I put him in a folder and he just literally just like, Oh, you fucking beta. I just kept calling me a beta. I was like, who is this guy? Like who calls somebody else a beta? Like that's so funny. And I go and click on his profile and he's just like standing next to all these famous people. I'm like, okay, who's this like 45 year old clout chasing with like the ASAP mob, you know? And (laughs) so uh, I Google his name and I'm not going to say what company and whatnot, but he's like the head guy, like he booked Eminem for Lollapalooza and here he is like talking shit to me on my Instagram, calling me a beta male. And then I didn't even respond to him like the first three times. I just took a screenshot and I reposted it. Then he came back to check on it again and then people started roasting him and he just kept coming back. I'm like, dude, hey guy, don't you got festivals to book? What's your beef with me, dude? I'm literally just a guy like, I'm a fucking bum. I'm literally just a dude like with a $40 microphone in my hand sitting in my living room talking shit. Um, even though uh, kind of lit, but you know, it is. Idiot, what idea? Uh, I also got on uh, the show Kill Tony. If you don't know what Kill Tony is, it's basically, it's a stand-up show. So Tony Hinchcliffe is the host and I'm not going to explain it too much. Just go fucking look it up. But his whole thing is like he has these open micers and stuff come on and then he just trashes them. Or if they're really good, they'll, you know, you get something out of it. And um, I just kind of knew it was one of those things where I knew that I was going to get on because they they pull your name out of a bucket. And uh, for some reason, I just knew like I'd signed up. I'd gone and seen the show in Seattle before. And um, I'd seen it here like two or three times and I signed up. But uh, this night I just knew it was during South by Southwest. And by the way, South by Southwest, like Austin is so lit. 24 seven anyways. I I did not. I went down for South by South West once and I was just over it within five minutes, dude. It's so unnecessary. It's absolutely fucking unnecessary to have a festival because it's just so fucking lit. Like dirty six West six, like old town and just all the comedy clubs. Like there's just so much shit going on and so many people and so much wild shit just constantly. You don't need fucking music festivals out here, dude. It's just unnecessary, honestly. And uh, so I went down there for one of the Kill Tony tapings. And like I said, for some reason, I just knew I was going to get pulled. And I think the night before, the guests were Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, he, so he always has guests on the panel, right? So they pull your name out of the bucket. And then you go on stage. You do a minute of stand-up. And then they critique it. But in reality, you're just... I don't think Tony Hinchcliffe ever even listens to a joke that you say because the whole time he's writing on what mean shit he's going to say to you. Like His whole thing is just like exploiting terrible com- uh, comics um, to be able to get his own jokes out. You know, I think it started authentic where he wanted to have a platform because if you go and look at the old episodes, he always said that he wanted to have this platform where he looks out for the comedians and he tries to provide a space for comedians experienced or not to come and do a minute and get in front of a crowd. But then it just kind of morphed into this thing where, uh, cause he's a roast comic, you know, he's a mean guy, which rightfully so. And he's funny. Like I love the guy. He's hilarious. I've met him twice just in real life. And, uh, he's really nice both times. 
So I know it's just kind of an act because it's just, it's the show. It's the format of the show, just being a douchebag. And so my name gets pulled out of the bucket. I got my set ready. And from what I remember, this episode isn't out yet, but from what I remember, of course, anybody would say this, but this actually happened. My first two jokes just absolutely killed. And it was wild because I'd been trying those two jokes all week at different mics and nobody laughed, but I knew. I knew I was sitting on something. Because when you go to a show where people are paying 30 bucks for a ticket and they're coming there to laugh and they're drinking and you know they're coming, they're coming to laugh versus a cheap mic, you know? And, um, so I came out and I said those two jokes right off the bat. And so one of the jokes I say, uh, Lizzo's a queen burger queen. And so the guests that were on the show, it was this chick named punky, punky Johnson, I think is her name. She's like this lesbian black chick off SNL. Of course, the night that I would go on with that joke, I've got this like feminist fucking fem Nazi lesbian chick, you know? And then, uh, and then her friend who is sitting on the panel who has less Instagram followers than me, uh, which means I am more famous than she is. And she is criticizing me and I go and look her up like way after everything happens, I'll tell you about how, how the thing went, but I go and look her up and she came out on stage. She actually did a minute on kill Tony two years ago or something. And she came out in her first joke. She said, I have a statistic about white men. And she pulls out a piece of paper. 80% of them can kiss my ass. And so, of course, when I go up there, because a lot of comics and stuff, they have mental issues. They sleep in their cars. They've just been, you kind of have to be through the ringer to be a comic. And I've been through the ringer, but I've also done the work on myself to not be one of these fucking losers. And I never wanted to be one of these fucking losers. And I've, tried very hard not to be and rightfully so. And, um, and so these people start trashing me and, uh, to, to, like Tony Hinchcliffe, he, he said, he said, you're so talented, but you're so unlikable. And I was like, Oh, well, am I going to be hosting this show in two weeks then? Because that's what you are a guy. And cause everybody who he surrounds himself with besides, I don't know. I shouldn't even be mentioning people. Like I shouldn't even be saying that, but he didn't know what to do with me. He didn't know what to do with me. And, um, it kind of fucked me up because then even after that, then this like fat bitch gets on after me and he's like, yo, you're a star. You're a star, not unlikable. Like that pasty fuck that was on before. And, um, and she's just like some Amy Schumer copy paste. It's coming from the guy that like hates Amy Schumer, you know? Um, but yeah, it kind of fucked me up for like 48 hours. I'm not going to lie. It was like this weird. And it was crazy because I didn't eat all day. I didn't, I didn't have time to eat that day. And then I got there. And then when you get on stage, you get kind of nervous. And I kind of want to had to shit too. So I'm just like kind of shaky. Like I just wanted to get off stage. I was kind of over it. I wish I could redo it. It's so many things where I should have, would have, could have, yada, yada, yada. But, um, yeah. And this guest was fucking horrible, dude. If it would have been anybody else, I feel like it would have been way, way better. And I really don't know how, cause like the video, this was, I think a good nine days ago now or something, but I believe they filmed a bunch of episodes. They racked them up. Um, and they took some time off and they're just going to release them sequentially 
over the week. Over the week. And we'll, we'll see how it went. But um, um, I learned a lot from it. I learned a lot from it. And I think because Tony asked me, like I said, my, my set went very well. And then he asked me, how long have you been doing stand-up comedy? And I said, well, I've been taking it serious for like two weeks. But I left out the part, okay, I've been podcasting for four years. And I've been making memes for four years. I've been right. So I've been writing jokes and I've been using my voice and I've been a musician. Like I've played in front of people. So I've been, so it's like doing stand up is just the last, the last part of the puzzle. It's like putting it all together, you know? And also I'm done doing hell mics. I'm so, I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I'm done doing these hell mics. Um, it's just desperate, you know? I'm good. I'm not going to stand in the street and beg somebody to hear me tell jokes. Sure, I'm going to go get those reps in and do my thing, but also, no. I'm not going to stand there and, uh, yeah, I'm done doing shit mics. I'm done. I'd rather I'd rather spend the time making content because, like I've said before, when have you ever found out about a comedian in a comedy club or something like that? You find them on the internet and then you go see them. Are you just going to be walking down the street? Like, you see it all the time where they take a famous musician, they put him on the street with a guitar and nobody gives a fuck. But if they know who that person is, like you want to play in front of the home crowd, you want to build a big enough audience where they'll come see you live. If you're just standing out in the street thinking like, what kind of mentality is that? That's still like rappers trying to go sell a mixtape. Like in 2007, when they'd be at the mall with the backpack full of mixtapes, trying to sell them to you for 10 bucks versus putting it on SoundCloud or something. And I always compare those two. And I feel, yeah, I always compare those two because I think there's a lot of similarities, but it's just two completely different animals as far as the people. Because in hip hop, it's so it's so competitive and it's so blatantly competitive, where people straight up say, you know, straight up violence and stuff like that, and you say straight up you want to be the best. And the thing I've known, figured with these comedians, like I wanted to get into the comedy scene and just have fun and be goofy, and like I don't I don't need comedy, you know, I don't need to do stand up. I don't need it. I enjoy it. So for me, it's, I have no problem going to tell somebody, Hey, I think you're funny. But then you see a lot of people, it's so competitive and it's so backstabbing. And there's so many, uh, like broken dreams and just jaded people and stuff like that, where I didn't realize the full reality of that. And, uh, therefore I'm done doing hell mics. I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, dude. I'm fucking good, dude. But uh, I don't want to talk about it too much because everybody's probably already talked about it. But I want to talk about my own thing that I took from it. Uh, when I saw Will Smith hit Chris Rock in the mouth for talking shit about his wife, I realized how big of a lame I had been for beefing with a bunch of dudes over my ex-girlfriend who wasn't faithful to me. Like there were times I literally threatened a guy one time, this like 45-year-old man that drives a tow truck who's like 5'6", because he came up to our table and just started talking to her and didn't even acknowledge me. And I was so fed up by just being disrespected by people where I straight up told him to like, Hey dude, walk away. And I pretty much said it just like that. I've told the story before. I don't really remember what episode it was or anything, but, uh, I straight up said he, Oh, he introduced himself to me, even though I've met him like three times. And I was like, okay, if I know you, you sure as no hell know me because I live with her. And if you know her so well, you, and so, like I said, I just got so tired of being disrespected by people and um, that I like went off. And there was other guys too. Like I straight up like messaged guys like, hey, dude, like back, like fucking watch yourself. Like, <laughs> and I think about that's so lame. It's so fucking lame. Um, 
Like Will Smith thought he was tough for doing that. And I thought I was standing my ground. But in reality, it's like, no, you're not. You're being a fucking bitch for deal. Like the best thing you can do is just walk the fuck away from the whole situation and let these fucking losers have it, you know? But I don't know, man. That's kind of what I got from it. And one thing where that relationship really fucked me up because we broke up once before, you know, like same shit. Uh, we broke up once before and then I think to cover her own ass, like she just talked so much shit about me to people, which I didn't know the full extent of it. But I remember I literally walked in her house afterwards and one of her friends literally just like turned her back on me <laughs> when all I did was break up because I saw some shit I didn't want to see. And I went and dated another girl. And for some reason, I'm this big monster, you know. But um, so then when we got back together, I think she was like embarrassed to after all the trashing she'd done of me to be seen with me again. So she'd never, you know, she never really publicized our relationship or anything. And that's where I started feeling like really insecure with all these different dudes lurking in and shit like that. But so I just kind of got used to the notion of getting a weird energy from people and just assuming that people don't like me because it was the truth. And these people didn't like me for reasons that I couldn't control. And I'd be lying to say it didn't bother me. You know, everybody says, oh, I don't care what anybody thinks, but it's like when around every corner, when you feel like you're getting excluded from shit, like that really eats at you, you know, and that's actually like legally, like if people are married and you uh, like ostracize somebody, that's literally considered abuse. And, um, and I know that sounds, you know, people always laugh at like, uh, you know, like there can be no racism towards white people. There can be no abuse towards men. It's you know, like there was a lot of emotional abuse and, um, and it really fucked with my head. It took me a lot of time to iron that out. So I just automatically always assume that people just hate me off the rip, right? It's like this weird insecurity that I have that I'm trying to iron out. And it was interesting because, um, I've just experienced so much love since being out here in Austin. Like last night I, I was going to go meet up with a buddy, um, which is just another. So I went and did a, did a mic and then I told a joke. I said, it's hard being tall, handsome, and whatever the fuck because women assume that women fuck you. So then women don't want to fuck you because they don't just want to be another person that fucks you. I forget how they how I exactly worded the thing. You know, people laugh, but um, I so then I, I ran and so I left after I did my set and everything. Went to another mic, but so then like two days later, this guy comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, you know, I saw you do your thing. That was." Uh, that was funny. I was like, oh, you know, appreciate you, bro. And so we've been kicking it. And uh, he he's like, hey, you're going to go see the Nick Mullen show at the Creaking Cave. And then uh, I shouldn't have said the name of the club. I was like, well, uh, let me try to get let me get a ticket. Sure, I'll come through. And so I tried to. So but my my debit card got compromised. Right. And so my debit card, somebody stole the number off my debit card. So I couldn't buy a ticket. I was like, I'll just go buy one at the door. And he's like, you know, oh, they're all sold out. Like, yeah, fuck, you know. And so I go, the show was supposed to start at 9. And I just go at 9.30, just go feel it out, see if I can get in. And I walk through the front door. And then the guy working the ticket is just like, oh, what's up, dude? I was like, hey, what's up, man? And I start to pull out my wallet. And he's like, he just kind of points like, dude, you're good. I was like, whoa. They like me. No, but I'm serious. Like little moments like that fucked me up because I'm so like the last like th two years of my life, I'm so used to like everybody that I dealt with. 
I just felt a weird energy from them. And now that I'm down here in Austin, it's just like all this new things. Like, yeah, like people are fucking cool. Like people are just nice. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a nice shift, dude. Um, it's a nice shift and, uh, it's good to know that. Yeah. It's just good to know that. Yeah. You got to find your tribes, dude. Um, I'm going to end it with this because uh, we've already gone 20 minutes and the goal is to keep this podcast under 20 minutes, but I keep jabbering my big fucking pasty face. Uh, I've totally just accepted the fact that I'm scrawny, that I'm skinny and I will never gain weight. Uh, There was one time in my life where I was yoked and I was unemployed and I was just working out like twice a day, just constantly meal prepping, just constantly eating, eating like a stack of pancakes before going to the gym and coming home, making another breakfast and then eating like three or four times a day and then eating a top ramen before I go to bed, taking creatine, taking like uh, zinc and magnesium, which is a natural like testosterone booster. And I got really like, not like, you know, bodybuilder jacked, but like for my frame, I got really big, but I just, I couldn't maintain that. Then once I started working at like my aerospace job and shit, I just couldn't maintain that muscle. And it's something I've always been very, I've been, God, I'm a big softy on this episode, but it is what it is. Um, I've always been super insecure about my weight. Like it's just something where I have this like huge body dysmorphia where I feel like so skinny. Like I look at my arms, I'm like, ugh. If I see pictures of myself, I just automatically move my arms up. Like, ugh. But I've just finally just been like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Like if this would have been two weeks ago, I would have put on a sweatshirt before doing this because I feel, uh, you know, you can hear bodybuilders say, oh, I feel flat or somebody says, oh, I feel bloated. Like I feel extra scrawny some days. Like if I don't work out for two days, like I'd literally just feel like my body's just been like, Whoak. and there was, uh, cause I started a new job and it's been so incredibly overwhelming and then uh, doing the stand-up shit at night too. Like, so it's like, I just, I did not have an appetite for a long time. And plus I have those like stomach issues where I feel like I'm going to shit in my pants, the IBS shit all the time. That kind of fucked my appetite too. But I finally went and saw a doctor about it. And they always tell me, oh, you need to eat more fiber. You need to do this. You, need, you know, all these like natural remedies. I was finally like, no, there's got to be a medicine. I've Googled it. There's fucking medicines. And she gave me some pills and I've been taking them for three days and I haven't had a single fucking pain in my stomach. So it's like, why couldn't you just do that? You know? Anyways, dude, uh, I feel like this episode was uh, really bad, but that's okay. Uh, that's okay. At least we got it done. At least we. Uh, I didn't go do. I didn't go do stand up tonight specifically to do this, but um, yeah, because I gotta work in the morning. So go and buy some fucking t shirts or something so I can do this full time. And I appreciate y'all. Tell somebody about the podcast. Go follow me on the IG at Lord Petty Double Underscore because the first one got nuked. Uh, much love to the Petty Peeps, to all y'all. I really appreciate you. And deuces. Into who? And out of the
Anything could ever be this good I 